Hi, and welcome to the 56th Womanthology podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton, and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. In this episode, I will be chatting with Sophie Smallwood, co-founder of Rollshare, the role sharing platform that helps increase employment opportunities and allows companies to retain more talent. Sophie explains how role sharing can make a massive difference to reducing gender pay gaps and gender seniority gaps moving forward. Inesh Santos is away, so I will be talking you through the new content in the written issue again on her behalf. A quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling in your details on the front page of our website. That's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash womanthology and find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Welcome to the Womanthology podcast. We have got Sophie Smallwood and she is co-founder of Rollshare. Sophie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Lovely to be here. Thank you. So I'm going to go straight in and ask you if you could tell us about your educational background and career to date. My very first job was when I was really young. I was living in Switzerland and was fundraising for incredible causes like World Wildlife Fund and UNICEF and it really established values in me around having and doing me work. And as I progressed through college, I really wanted to study marketing, creativity with psychology and naturally gravitated to marketing and advertising at the time. So I started my career in marketing and advertising in Los Angeles and working on the agency side and agency that I joined was an impact focus agency and it was one that had really strong values give you a sense they were not taking on cigarette accounts or alcoholic beverages they were only really taking on accounts that they felt were helping do good in the world and doing work for for companies that had meaningful impact and were thoughtful and After that, I moved over to technology. So I started to see that the trend for technology was really picking up and I saw an incredible opportunity to join eBay and working on a platform called Magento. And it was my first time venturing into the tech space. And my focus was account management, which is what I was doing in advertising. So the skills were transferable but it was a different kind of account management. There was a bit of a sales quota attached to it, but I was really interested in it. One, because I found e-commerce to be a fascinating topic. I found the opportunities it opened for smaller brands to actually have a presence, couldn't afford retail space on a high street was for me exciting to see incredible small brands popping up that perhaps never would have heard of before. And I was handling the European portfolio out of Los Angeles and in time decided to make the leap over to the UK to establish our European division for enterprise customer success. And that was an incredible opportunity and take my CV from quite US centric to more global. And after Magento, 
the e-commerce platform that was under the eBay umbrella, I moved over to Meta at the time. It was called Facebook. And I worked on a unicorn product there. Very, very early phase startup. At the time, I was hire number three on the growth side. And it is today called Workplace by Meta and directly competes with Slack and Teams. And it's a fantastic internal communications, community building tool for companies within their employee base. And I learned a lot there going from e-commerce software to work tech software. It was different way of thinking account management. And in that space, it was more around change management, driving adoption of a product on a daily basis, working with leadership sponsors on the client side to help with transformation and really showcasing success stories. And ultimately, how do you drive change inside of an organization around new ways of working? And it was quite apropos because now I can use this information as well in the work that I'm doing with Rollshare. But it was when I was at Workplace by Facebook that I transitioned into becoming not only an ambitious working professional, but becoming an ambitious working parent. And that for me was quite a, a shift. I'm someone who likes to look for solutions to problems. And I experienced a problem there in that I was ambitious and I am ambitious and I wanted to be a player across the board. And I was trying to figure out how to do these two really important jobs, you know, on one side, this role that I love. And on the other side, the parenting role that I also love. And that's really where my career led me to where I am today, which is the co-founder of Rollshare. Wow. So tell us more about Rollshare. I'm sure many people will know about it, but for those that don't know about it and aren't familiar, tell us all about it. Sure. So in a nutshell, Rollshare is a platform that helps companies retain women, returners, aging workers, as well as people who want to work fractionally but by matching them together to share full-time opportunities. So we're in essence scaling the concept of job sharing out there to help normalize it. And the way we think about it is it's a platform where people can come meet others who are interested in sharing roles, who are also interested in not only a role, but a mid to senior level role has impact strategic weight and where you are part of an organization and you will really have that sense of belonging in those mid to large where oftentimes working on a part-time basis in those mid to senior roles might be really tricky and you might find yourself working three or four days a week or at least getting paid three or four days a week but you end up working five days a week it's just hard to do in the enterprise landscape so in essence we're trying to find a solution for that space through job sharing. And tell us about how the matching works. I'm fascinated by that. So broadly speaking, we are a platform that people join. We collect various pieces of information. And based on that information, we suggest recommendations both for people and also for roles that are shareable. So there's this multivariable matching that occurs on our side to help speed up the process of discovery, both for people looking for partners and for people looking for shareable opportunities. And then on the flip side, companies also have a similar experience in that we will suggest relevant talent and pairs that are interested in their shareable opportunities. It sounds great. And tell me about the benefits for employees and employers. 
I think it's worth highlighting both because they're not one and the same. Benefits for employees, I think people get right up front. Yes, I get flexibility. What does flexibility mean to me or you or Joe or James could be completely different, right? It might be that I am a parent and this gives me more time with my little one two days a week, right? It could be that I'm a working student and I'm already employed and I just need a bit of headspace for maybe one to two years, but I don't want to take my foot off the gas and I don't want my performance to be impacted at work either. It could be that I am approaching retirement, you know, several years down the line, but actually now with the pension cap going up, I might want to work longer. And so this is an opportunity for me to be aligned to a role that's fit to my skills and my experience but not on a full-time basis. And hey, why not share my knowledge with someone maybe who's a bit younger than me in the organization? So th there's so many different use cases around why people want to work flexibly, but that's definitely one of the main benefits to people. But what people don't realize with the job share as well is that there's other really fascinating intrinsic benefits. So for example, when two people share a role, that pressure of having to be on the days that they're not working isn't there. Yes, they might have a quick check-in, get a little WhatsApp message from their partner, but that's not the same of having to lock on, log on to your laptop, deliver a presentation right on the day you're not working. So definitely that headspace is 100% hard to beat in a job share because once you're handed over, your partner is really carrying the torch. And so that's one thing. The other thing too is the ability to actually have those, I call them fractional roles, but more part-time roles that are mid to senior level where there is strategic impact, where you can still be managing a team in those large companies and really have that sense of belonging on a part-time basis. So that's really unique to role sharing. Also, the other thing too is when people are sharing a role, they are measured together. So there's this sense of ultimate team spirit where you have this ally, I like to call them the ultimate allies, who has your back, you have their back, you're working together on problem solving, you won't have the same skills. So you get to learn from somebody else's way of doing and actually being paired up with someone who is different than you and in their way of working and their perspective can be super beneficial in your own growth. And so we found that to be really interesting. Oftentimes people who job share will refer to their partner as like having a built-in coach. And it's very true. And it's a built-in coach who has every motivation to roll up their sleeve with you and do the work, not just tell you what needs to be done. That's extremely powerful. And also we find that people who job share have a higher level of well-being over others, not just because of the space that you have away from the office, but just that headspace, not just having the time, but having the headspace, knowing that there's someone there with you, you can problem solve together, which means when you have to have those sensitive conversations with up, managing up or even down, you have somebody that you have bounced some thinking with that actually helps you increase your confidence level in delivering the message. So those are just some of the additional benefits to job sharing that are really interesting for people who themselves venture on this way of working. And a lot of the people we interviewed for our research started on a part-time basis. So they were full-time, moved to part-time, and then graduated, I like to say, to job sharing. And at that point, they really become converted. Now, there's pros and cons to everything. There's pros and cons to full-time, to part-time, to role share. But I think ultimately, 
we find that the unique selling proposition of job sharing is extremely powerful. And that's why when people do job sharing and they do it well in the sense that they have a good partner, they establish their working principles up front and they're flexible in how they work, that they want to shout about it to everybody they possibly can, because for them, it's literally the best thing since sliced bread. So if people are really passionate about it once they, they do job sharing. So that's on the talent side. Sometimes people who really like the idea of job sharing will say, oh, wow, this is really interesting. I love this. I see it. But then they get a little bit fearful because it might be novel to them and they might think, oh, but I have to give up some control. And what if the other person is better than me? And that's natural. And we find really successful job shares who had the same thinking up front. And then the, the feedback and the advice they give is, don't worry about it. Just don't worry about that because you work through that discomfort initially, and then you get into the groove and you see the magic on the other side of it. So I think that's worth highlighting the benefits for the company. They're different, but they're tied to the benefits for the people. So from a company perspective, you are having two brains right? Together to problem solve. Whereas historically in a role, you would have siloed thinking, one way of doing, one access to one network. So in a role, when people are job sharing, both people could be building unique relationships. And that actually strengthens and deepens the reach of the role across the matrix, whether it's internal or external stakeholders. You and I might have different personalities. So I might get along well with Jane, and you might get along well with James, but actually for the benefit of the role, that's great because it's expanding the reach. Additionally, because of that peer-to-peer -peer ultimate ally essence of job shares, you get an increase in accountability. In any role today, you want to perform well for yourself. You don't want to let your manager down. You want to get that promotion, the bonus. In a job share, that's true, but also they don't want to let down their partner. And that's extremely powerful. And as a result, we see individual, and this is qualitative data we've collected across many, many interviews, but the individual performance level increases. And this notion of crossing all of your T's and dotting all of your I's is very true. The sheer handover that needs to occur on a weekly basis means that each person is focused and delivers to the best of their ability. And I mean the best of their ability. And as a result, we've seen that there's a 30% increase in productivity when people job share. And it's not like they're working 30% more as far as the headcount, you would compare it to headcount, but there's that amplification and performance as a result of this healthy alliance, if you will. And also the learning that occurs. So you and I don't have the same skills, but in a job share, there will be some crossover. There will be some complementary skills. And that over time gets passed on to me. So there's this knowledge transfer of utility skills as well, which is obviously beneficial in a world where we're seeing the half-life of skills continuing to diminish and people having to learn. We also know that peer-to-peer -peer learning is one of the most effective ways to actually learn after ChatGPT and Google these days. So th that's a benefit. And then continuity, you have, have one person who is there and the other person will pick up the baton. And if one person is sick, you still have continuity and, and some momentum in the role. If one person leaves, you still have another person there potentially to help onboard a replacement. So that gap that occurs with one person in a role isn't there in a job share. And that's worth a lot from a cost savings perspective. Um, so those are some of the benefits for companies. And I think that people don't necessarily think about when they think about job sharing for companies, they see it as, oh, it's great for employees, but actually 
No, it's better than part-time and it's also better than full-time in many ways. I had genuinely never thought of all of those benefits and how they (laughs) might work. And in terms of the crossover as well, so say based on a five-day week, if you had two people sharing 50% of the time, I've seen some job shares where both people do two days and then they have maybe one crossover day where they're both there or how would it normally work for most people? Yeah, so there are some variances. The most common way that we've seen a job share work, the most common pattern is three days, three days. We've also seen a very common pattern with two and a half, two and a half days. And there will be a crossover somewhere in the week. It's not always on a Wednesday, but many people do like the Wednesday crossover, but they're still flexible, right? If something needs to shift, they might cross over on a different day. If there's a big event happening. So again, to work flexibly, you need to be flexible. And that stands across all ways of working. But Wednesdays, usually in this case, we'll use as an example is the handover day where there will be a crossover. Now, let's be very, very clear. The handover, the crossover does not mean duplication of work. This is actually where a lot of the magic can happen, where you have two really intelligent brains looking at the same problem together, addressing some strategic initiatives together, problem solving together, having some maybe key strategic sessions together during this time. And the whole day isn't a handover. It might be an hour, hour and a half session where it is strategic, it's planning, it's execution, and you get into this war room mentality and really tackle the things that went well the first half of the week, what needs to happen the second half of the week, let's smash this together, let's go, I got your back, the spirit. So it's really important to understand that the handover is not a waste, it's actually a gain, and it's extremely powerful. And in job shares where we don't have a handover, this discussion isn't happening, can you still benefit from all the things we talked about? Absolutely. But this commingling of the minds to problem solve on the handover day, it is incredibly powerful. And for companies that want to close their gender pay gap, I suppose that's quite a good way of them doing it. Oh my goodness, Fiona, how could I not have mentioned this 100%? For companies who want to close the gender pay gap, yes, to close the gender seniority gap, and just generally to bring in more diverse, underrepresented talent in mid to senior roles, job sharing is absolutely a way to achieve that. And why? Why do I say diverse, underrepresented? Because there's a study actually that came out, and it's not the only study of its kind, there's been others, other consulting firms, but Slack last year put out a survey where they found that underrepresented talent, so from the non-dominant groups, so say an organization is predominantly white, white male, that might be the dominant group. So any of the other groups would be considered underrepresented. So underrepresented groups want to work flexibly more so than say the dominant. And as a result, they might not necessarily be in line for those bigger, more senior roles that can't be done on a flexible basis. But if you are opening those roles up to job sharing, there's absolutely no reason why you can't then bring in underrepresented talent into those roles. We need that flexibility. They can do it together. So it absolutely is a way, as you said, for the gender pay gap, gender seniority, but also generally more diverse talent in those mid-season roles. 
there's a lot of questions around how to actually get going with the job share and that's okay questions are good don't let questions make you fearful there's tons of answers out there on our platform so i would say first things first if you're already employed with a company and you would like to convert your job to a job share come onto our platform do a little bit of mingling with others who you'd like to maybe share a job with use our toolkits and our guides to help arm you with a business case of how you'd want to approach your manager this is assuming your company is not yet widely doing job sharing. If you are working at a company that is doing job sharing, amazing. Bring us in to talk to HR and let's make RollShare available to the employee community because then it's much more easy to meet others who want to job share and we can match them based on all of the technology that we've built and really show United profiles together to help build the case. And if your company is not flexible and you just want to leave, but you'd like to have a more flexible role and job share is appealing. Again, you can come to role share, mingle with others who like to job share, find roles that are shareable and connect with others who are also interested in those same roles and then apply for those roles together on our platform. Again, we're there to support the actual process of meeting and greeting people to applying together for roles. And equally, we have tons of guides to help with the process and the journey of job sharing. And it's free for people, so. Nothing to lose, absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. So how would you like to see the employment market evolve to encourage employers to be bolder when they're considering job design? Could they do pilots? What could they do? How could they dip a toe in the water to get their confidence? Yes, so definitely, as you said, just take a leap. Look at the big picture potential. Don't be intimidated by the concerns or the fears that are basically determined from the past. And I'll give you an example. I was in a conversation recently with an HR leader who had a lot of tactical questions around job sharing, was coming from a place of fear. And that's okay. Having questions is fine. And questions around what if one person's better than the other? Is it more work for the manager? The very tactical questions and very valid. And those questions we answer on our platform and the FAQs. But we address those questions really simply. But then my back to her was, one, you have nothing to lose. Definitely you can do a pilot. The mission behind why you'd want to do this is extremely positive. So let's look at the big picture. The big picture is, do you have a gender pay or a gender seniority gap in your organization? Are you happy with the representation of diverse employees in your mid to senior roles. If any of those is a no, then this is something that 100% can help solve. And then also, when you look at the big picture again, so the big picture, gender pay gap, gender seniority, bringing in more diverse representation in mid to senior roles. Also, looking at the landscape of work, on one side, you have this traditional workforce that's where all of those fears are coming from. We've done it this way for so long. We've had full-time employees. When I'm hiring, I just want to go for the full-time employee because it's what I know. It's easy. But is that the right way to think about innovation? And is that the right thing to do? And is that in the best interest of the company, really? So on one side, you have the way it's been done, the traditional full-time employee. And there's definitely still a validity in the market for that because not everyone wants to work a career portfolio or wants to work part-time. But then on the other side of the spectrum, you have 
this sort of opposite scale. You've got the fractional creator economy, gig, freelance, part-time, and that gap between the two is continuing to grow. And the one on the new ways of working is starting to take a lot more shape. We're hearing about the quiet quitting, Gen Z, millennials, just the way they want to work, the loyalty that they feel towards companies is not what my dad felt. So this whole mindset shift in the workforce, the question for the companies is, what are you going to do when the majority of the workforce moves to the other spectrum? There's tons of building great technology to cater to them, to to help them make lots of money on, on the fractional gig economy side of things. So the need to work for a company full-time might not be as prevalent in the future. So what are you going to do as a company to adapt? Those are big questions. What are you going to do with the skills gap? What are you going to do knowing that the half-life of skills is continuing to decrease What's the best way for people to learn? There's so many questions out there that are bigger questions than what happens if one job share is better than the other. So it's really reframing. Okay, there's some big problems out there. Let's try this. This could actually help. And you know what? Okay, so we'll adjust. There might be some things we have to learn along the way. But there is no loss in running a pilot, as you said, and proving the value. I don't think there could be a greater champion of the concept at all. I don't think there could be anybody who's thought about it more, knows about it more, and is just so enthusiastic about it, which is brilliant. Because I think when you're trying to take people along with you with change, you need somebody like that, don't you? <laughs> Thanks. So what is coming up next for you, Sophie? What are you looking forward to? Well, what I'm looking forward to is we are having some very exciting conversations. So I've got my fingers and my toes crossed for those. So I'd say for me, that's exciting. And we're pushing out some really exciting features on the platform. Our engineering team are on fire and what we're doing is not easy. It's not easy at all. Building what we're building is really complicated, like matching talent to talent to jobs. It's complex, it's variable, it's time consuming. And so building a technology to make it easy and speedy is really complex behind the scenes. So I'm really excited about some of the things that our team are pushing out as far as features go. On the personal side, it's a hard juggle being the founder of a startup with two young children. So I'm looking forward to spending a bit of time with them. Well, hats off to you, Sophie, because being involved in founding an organization is just the hardest thing ever. I think if people haven't done it, it's hard to comprehend quite how much effort and time (laughs) and blood and sweat and tears actually goes into it but it's so exciting oh lots of tears (laughs) lots of tears not too much blood but lots of tears (laughs) it's been a great pleasure thank you so much sophie smallwood co-founder of wrong share As Inesh Santos, our associate editor, is away at the moment, I'm bringing you the new stories and the written issue on her behalf. Stories include Katie Neep, Gender Equality Campaign Director at Business in the Community, discusses the work being done to close the gender pay gap for all women. She highlights best-in-class policies that are available for everyone to use. Francesca Lawson, co-creator of the Gender Pay Gap bot, shares how the bot is focusing on facts and data rather than more sentimental statements like messages of empowerment and celebration. She explains why we need more than corporate solidarity to reach gender parity. 
Claire McCartney, Senior Resourcing and Inclusion Advisor at the CIPD, explores the latest situation on the gender pay gap in the UK, including the potential impact of recent UK budget announcements around childcare support. She also suggests ways to move the dial further. Do check out our website, womanthology.co.uk, to read the full stories. Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share the link for the show on social media and also follow the show. Your feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. Join us in the next episode on Written Issue, where we will showcase the talents of women in tech.